Hi there, Hopeless Joy here, wishing you all peace, love, and happiness. Welcome back and thank you for joining me on this stained glass spirituality fun fest I call my soul journey. Welcome back and thank you. The world is changing. Why don't you? Oh my gosh, there's so much to be thankful for. What am I learning today, tomorrow? How can I learn to be a better me every day? Well, doing this is expressing pent-up resentment one podcast at a time. I love my family and I love my friends like they're my family. I'm so very thankful and blessed and I'm thankful for you. So what's the chat tonight? What's the sitch? Thankful for AC still. Woohoo! Thank you, God, for giving me electricity. Thank you for giving me running water, ice cubes, popsicles, anything to stay cool in this heat wave. Thank you for giving me a roof over my head a pillow to lay my head upon. The feeling that I am safe within. Thank you, thank you. Jeez, what was I looking up? I was looking up WTF, the five love languages. That just kept coming up. And vulnerability. Let's talk about that. Relationships and vulnerability. Hmm. Okay, let's start with the love languages. WTF, what the heck? Well, in 1992, Dr. G. Chapman figured out that there are five distinct ways people can express love. Whether it be to a platonic friend, family member, or romantic partner. Love languages, they, they describe how you feel and appreciate and how you convey to someone else that you love them and appreciate them. According to Dr. Chapman, understanding your personal love language can help you in all sorts of relationships and eliminate a lot of miscommunications. <clears throat> Each person can relate to all, if not most, of the languages. But typically, there are one or two languages that stand out to the most to a certain individual. Words of affirmation. Some people value verbal acknowledgments as their preferred method of affection. Compliments, I love yous, written letters over gifts, very talkative, very expressive, very 
showing interest, that proves that they're loved. Is this your love language? Do you, can you not get enough of that person saying, I love you? Do you appreciate when your partner notices changes in you? Do you feel valued and respected? Do you feel snubbed at all? How about quality time? Does your partner appreciate or prioritize spending time with you? Do they actively prioritize listening, eye contact, giving you any attention in conversations? Are they going to be people who hate when somebody texts at the dinner table? Do you just enjoy alone time with your partner? Do they make time for you? Do you just love that? Do you just love being together? Do you, does it make you feel happy? Do they go out of the way to make you feel special? Coffee in the morning, breakfast, picking up dry cleaning, cooking dinner when you worked a long day. Actions can speak louder than words. Physical representations of how much someone cares about them. Does it make you feel taken care of? Or do you take it personally when someone doesn't follow through? Or do you think talk is cheap and actions mean more? Then there are gifts. Gifts are straightforward love language, but it's not about how much it costs. It's the thought put behind it and the deliberation in choosing this gift. The emotional benefits of receiving a gift planned like for a birthday or Christmas or unexpected, they outweigh any other expression, especially for those you love. It's the sentimentality that people enjoy, a tangible representation that you know someone is thinking about you. Does it make you feel love when you receive this gift? Is it one of those things that you will keep as a physical memento forever? Or do you just love using holidays, birthdays, special occasions as excuses to think deeply about memories and finding other people perfect gifts, maybe even? I mean, that's wonderful. Or would you ra rather receive a, nostalgi a nostalgic gift? Something from the heart, something from the past, something that you know means something. Something new or something expensive. Then there's the love language of touch. That's really straightforward. Is it just wham, bam? Yeah. Physical signs of affection are prioritized. And physical intimacy is so powerful for some and an extremely emotional connection for others. It's 
it stems from roots in childhood. Uh, people that were hugged, kissed goodnight every night, they're likely to associate touch with the epitome of love. When you like someone, do you go out of your way to physically touch them, touch their arm, graze their hand, pat their shoulder, touch their leg, go out of your way, whether it be hug, you know? Do you feel secure in a relationship that is expressed physically and not mind public displays of affection? Do you feel the need to reach out and touch them whenever you're with someone you care about? Whether it be hand, leg, head on the shoulder? So I was looking at this going with the love languages. Well, geez Louise, I want all of those. I want all of those love languages. I want the words of affirmation. I want the quality time. I want the acts of service. I want the gifts and I want the touch. I want it all. And you know what? I deserve it all. And so do you. It is not selfish to be vulnerable, to know the love languages and what you deserve. And it isn't bad to want it all and never settle for less because you know you have standards, morals, and ethics, and you are better and you deserve better. Because as Dr. Brene Brown said, vulnerability is the birthplace of innovation, creativity, and change. Going from I want it all to vulnerable. Vulnerable. It's an adjective. Vulnerable. Vulnerable. It's the definition of vulnerable is capable of being physically or emotionally wounded. To open, to be open to attack or damage, assailable, assailable to criticism. Vulnerability means the extent to which changes can hurt or harm a person or a system. In context, with natural hazards and natural disasters, such as a pandemic, go figure. Oh, boy. Vulnerability is a concept that looks at, at the relationship that people have with their environment and social aspects. How can you... Be, become vulnerable in your relationships. And I know far too well that the role of vulnerability plays both successful and failed relationships. It could be seen as a sign of weakness, 
when in fact it takes so much tremendous strength, character, and self-confidence, vulnerability is also the secret to success in the most long-term relationships. Dr. Brene Brown, she was saying, we are actually drawn to people who are real and down to earth. She said, we love authenticity. And we know that life is messy and imperfect. For some people, she thought that of being vulnerable in your relationship is like living out your worst nightmare, your fear of public speaking or being rejected by your biggest and longest crush. <sighs> Allowing yourself to be vulnerable with your partner exposes your true authentic self and risks judgment, criticism, and possibly rejection. But understand that being vulnerable is actually very attractive. You're unapologetic, unleashed, uncensored, and completely free to express yourself with zero fear of judgment. And when we, when we allow ourselves to be completely open, our relationships improve. I promise this, they do. Vulnerability takes patience. And I know patience, kids. I am an only child. Patience should be my freaking middle name. <sighs> really, it does. It takes patience. It takes courage. Vulnerability takes patience, practice, and courage to get comfortable with. But the rewards are always greater than your fears. Communicate those fears. Always lead with your best foot forward. But when you begin to peel back the layers of yourself to your partner and, and, and you reveal some of the good, the bad, and even some of the ugly in your life, you will notice increased intimacy and even possibly a deeper emotional connection. Being vulnerable is very attractive. Open up about what you've had to endure in the past. Allow your newest partner or friends to gain insight to who you were, who you are, who and what you are capable of. 
another thing, own up to your past. You may have skeletons in your closet and they will always come out. So you got skeletons in your closet. Don't we all? Okay, how bad are those skeletons? Okay, now really, what are the dark secrets? What are you terrified that your partner may find out about? What are you terrified that you'll be judged about? Or are you just terrified of being rejected? Regrets, anyone? Anyone share the same regrets? Share the, share the same feelings about any regrets? Vulnerability starts completely loving and accepting yourself as you are. Accepting your past and living in the present full of new possibilities. When you allow your skeletons to define you, you continue to live in your past. Loving Loving and acknowledging the good, the good and the bad about yourself is the first step, the very first step to controlling your happiness. Openness leads to deeper connections. I really truly believe that openness leads to deeper connections and deeper opportunities. <laughs> deeper opportunities possibly for support and empathy. Yeah. About empathy. Open up. Especially when you feel like shutting up. Don't run away. Don't just say nothing. Don't just say a few little drunken dipshit words that mean nothing. Don't just call and hang up. Open up. The biggest relationship killers. When someone goes off on their own and just chooses to be silent. I give up. I can't say anything. That's not trying. That is no communication. There's nothing there. That is shredding everything. And easily, most arguments can be solved through opening up and communication. When you begin to Peel back the layers of yourself to your partner and reveal some of the good, you know, the real good. Then there's some of the bad and the real bad and even the ugly in your life.
the yuck, the you really don't want nobody to know that stuff. But once you can show that, share that, feel that, you will notice increased intimacy and even deeper emotional connections. When you open up about how their actions have affected you, you can gain a lot more understanding about your partner and learn from this experience. How did they make you feel? How did their actions make you feel? How did their actions affect you? Is it a thank you, goodbye? Thank you for nothing, goodbye, move on. Was there enough effective communication that you could, were, was it even possible to even try or even be able to create solutions? Was there communication? Could you even share your goals and passions? Did they give a shit schnitzel? Or were they afraid that other people will think that it was bad because, well, they probably screwed up? Are they afraid of what people thought they did was stupid, wrong, or silly? And it probably was, honest to God. But if you have a goal and love and passion that no one else knows about, but you feel it, do you share that with your partner? When you, when you share a secret passion or a project with your possible partner, You are letting them into your world and it makes them feel special. But when they let you go, you think, oh my gosh, am I going to have to sue them for my intellectual property? WTF, oh my goodness. There are so many things you could do to share and build trust. Create those unique bonds. Cry when you freaking feel like it. It is not weak. It Crying is food for the soul. I live in the desert. It's hard to cry because it's really dang dry here. But when you can, when it is necessary, when Spirit takes over, release, release the stress, the, the stressful, release the sad, release the painful, release the bad energies, openly express yourself. It is not weak. There is something incredibly beautiful inside of tears. I think of tears like snowflakes. They're unique. But then think about us. We're all unique. 
So a tier is how many uniques? There's something uniquely beautiful inside tears because it shows that you are human and you are capable of a range of emotions and that you are okay with expressing yourself. And when you express yourself, that is okay. Dr. O. Hassan said that crying, crying is a highly evolved behavior. Tears, tears can give you clues and clues and reliable information about submission, information about needs, information about social attachments, information about information between one another. Crying is not a sign of weakness. Tears are beautiful. They show that you're human. They show you have a soul, hopefully. <laughs> Tears show that you're capable of a range of emotions. Tears show that you are okay with expressing yourself. C.S. Lewis said, to love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable in penetrable, irredeemable. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, this is just a really amazing experience to be going through, despite that we're in a pandemic. And yes, I do have freaking opinions. I do have a daughter that is a nurse. I do have a first cousin that is an epidemiologist and I believe in wearing masks. Because you know, if you're at a dive bar with a drunken dipshit and they're refusing to wear a mask, they're most likely not, they're not even thinking of wearing a condom. No mask, no condom. Think about it. Protect yourself. Use your intuition. Do not accept any 
toxic negativity. BS is BS because your truth is your truth and nobody else's. You know, the next time I have, I have a really good desert story to tell you. So that's just how I'm going to end this. Next time, let's talk about my desert story. So we learned about love languages and vulnerability. No love language, no love. Get it? Move on. Stop wasting your time. Have the healing and balance in your life, in your heart. Move onward to a better you. And know when enough is enough. That's those red flags. Wanting stability is not a bad thing. I mean, what WTF with these love languages? Duh. Everybody wants that stuff. If you're settling, if you're settling for BS, then you deserve BS. I don't want BS. I deserve better. And so do you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's just not overcomplicate things anymore. Use your minds wisely. Human experience. Universe, gods, spirits, angels. Thank you. And you know, as Walter Anderson said, we're never so vulnerable than when we trust someone. But paradoxically, if we cannot trust, neither can we find love or joy. Universe, God, spirits, angels, guides, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, the wisdom to know the difference between right and wrong, as well as the difference between love and hate to live every day like it may be my last and enjoying one moment at a time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you. Thank you for listening to me and all of my vulnerability. Yes, I needed to enunciate. I'm nervous. What can I say? I've had about 15 cups of green spearmint tea. and But I've had the, the courage and the determination.
determination and I wanted to share with you and I love you and you deserve the best too. Thank you. Take care. Until we meet again.